Hi everyone, it's Mike. If you've been on Instagram for any amount of time, you've undoubtedly seen contests and fundraisers appear in your feed. Well, I'm here to present you with a unique opportunity to help change a young man's life. His name is Noah, and he's an awesome kid. His parents are trying to raise money to pay for therapy and adaptive equipment for their son. You see, Noah has cerebral palsy. He has hydrocephalus and is legally blind. Jeff and Chris have t-shirts with a character rendering of Noah in his hot rod wheelchair. Designed by none other than Adam Nickel, designer of the Born Loser logos, Dice Magazine cover, and most recently, his work on the Born Free 5 posters. If you're interested, PayPal your size, address, with a suggested donation of $20 to Jeff and Chris at MSN.com. That's J-E-F-F-A-N-D-C-R-Y-S at MSN.com or go to ChopperProfits.com and click on the link. scared of you. They scared of what you represent to them. Amen. Oh, we represent to them, man, as somebody who needs a haircut. Oh, no. What you represent to them is freedom. What the hell's wrong with freedom, man? That's what it's all about. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what it's all about. Just what is it that you want to do? We want to be free to ride. We want to be free to ride on the teams without being hassled by the man. Welcome to Chopper Profits, everyone. Uh, we're uh, we're back here, and we have uh, a guest who I've been wanting to have in the studio for quite some time. Uh, he is one of the masterminds behind one of the best West Coast events, um, and uh, he's an all-around fantastic gentleman. I'll give him that title. He is a gentleman. What an intro. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Grant Peterson. Thank you. You're welcome. It's good I'm- to be here. I'm so stoked that you're on. It's uh, it's something that I think when I thought of this whole idea, you were one of the first people that I thought of to have in studio. Well, I hope it doesn't tank because of me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it will, especially with um, with what we're going to talk about uh, eventually leading up to you know Born Free and um, and kind of what what kicked that off. But before we get into that, um, I just want to take a moment to plug some stuff for you, um, Grant is uh, one of the minds behind FMA. Um, is it just you or is it... No, it's Harpoon and myself. Okay. Uh, it's Freedom Machinery and Accessories. Yep. Um, it kind of uh, spurred... Uh, it's probably been over five years, maybe six years now. Uh, and even though everything is so flooded with everybody making shirts and yada, 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 all that stuff nowadays... Even five or six years ago, there wasn't a lot, yeah. and uh, Harpoon comes from a, an art and screen printing background, and uh, he's made shirts for friends for years, just like almost one-offs, like, hey, I made you this shirt, you know, I know you like, you know, the Wild Angels or whatever, this whatever bike, and just, you know, for like a birthday present or something, it's like, okay, Fan- cool. Fantastic shirts. <clears throat> oh, totally, totally, <laughs> but he was so much of an artist that uh, even though it was good product, he didn't have the mind for, like... Hey, other people would buy this. Yeah, right. And I finally saw enough of those. It's like, hey, you know, we're making these shirts that we want to wear because we can't find anything else we'd really like right. as much. And uh, let's let's start selling them. And uh, not that I'm any sort of business major in any shape or form, but I just I thought there had to be a way. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I think Harpoon was living with me at the time. Or maybe just before, and we would um, we would screen print every shirt by hand after hours, nice. and you know burn the film, and he'd do all the art and this, that, and the other. I'd come up with ideas here and there, uh, and then just mainly handle all the the online sales. And that's how we you know we started selling at the, the Long Beach Swap Meet, and then mm-hmm. mostly just online. And uh, and now here you are, uh, five years later. And you're selling velocity stacks and uh, all sorts of other fun stuff on your site. Yeah, we have a few parts uh, as well. It's all made in the U.S. Uh, the velocity stacks for most all S and S carburetors, from Super E's and G's to uh, Super B's and L series carbs, which also fit like uh, Kian and Bendix and a lot of the '70s carbs. Um, excuse me. We also have. Uh, Stacks for CV carbs, the constant velocity carbs, and mm-hmm. then also linkerts. 
And uh, we have knuckle t- knucklehead rocker tin gaskets that are made out of rubberized cork, which is something that's never been made um, and just helps seal those leaky prone areas. Uh, <laughs> we do sh- little runs of handlebars here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, enrichner knobs are for super ease to go with the stacks. And um, and you got your authentic ripple pipes. Yes, the, the ripple pipe as well, uh, which came from a friend of ours, uh, Richard, who had done it and tried to perfect it for like 10 years and was the only guy doing anything sort of like that. Cause the original stuff's really hard to find and mm-hmm. expensive and kind of fragile. Mm-hmm. Uh, it breaks a lot with the old stuff. Um, so yeah, he sort of perfected the design and he's again, one of those artist guys and was horrible at selling it. Just absolutely <laughs> horrible. Yeah. But the demand was there. So uh, now we, he produces it for us and we sell it. And, uh, yeah, that's a perfect partnership. I know, um, you know, having been around a lot of artists, musicians and and artists, my wife is an artist and, um, it's, it it usually goes hand in hand with, I just want to create the art. I don't care about making money. (laughs) And, uh, and it's good to have someone come in and help, uh, work with, if you're friends, especially with someone like, you know, being friends with Harpoon and, Mm -hmm. and Richard, it's good that you're there to help them because maybe, you know, 50 years from now, they'll be like, man, I'm so glad that that Grant stepped in. I have this, you know, bank account set aside that I can at least live off of. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see. Ho- yeah. Hopefully it gets that far. Um, along with all those parts, obviously you got all the t-shirts and, um, and then you've got, uh, some hats. There's, uh, some a, AEE, uh, choppers patches, um, which I didn't know that they were on there. I may have to go get one. Hopefully we still have some. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, we did a big run of those a few years ago and, uh, uh, we, we probably have a few left. Come see me at the shop next time. Uh, you don't have to do that, but thank you. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll, I'll fill you some money for him. <laughs> but you can find all this at uh, get chopped out. Oh, I'm sorry, chopped out.blogspot.com, which has a link to the the online store, and uh, also has a link to uh, Born Free. Whichever, whenever you find yourself on the the site, depending on what year it is, this year it happens to be Born Free Five. Who knows in the future, maybe Born Free 16. <laughs> Ooh, let's make it through this one first. <laughs> and we'll talk about that more. But you can also um, you can also check out uh, Grant's blog posts. And Are you the only one that posts on the blog? No, Harpoon and I. Uh, we've had a few friends come in and out throughout the years. A friend of mine from Japan posts sporadically. we got a friend from Seattle. Um, and I forget whoever else right now. I don't know. You know, the blog thing was huge for so long. Yeah. And, uh, I think, um, you know, Instagram and that kind of stuff has sort of taken maybe a bite out of some of that, at least the interaction. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause everybody sees most of the same stuff, you know, constantly on Instagram and all that. But, uh, you know, the blog is still where we operate. You could, you have more functionality to, you know, post some videos and yeah. links and a lot more sort of user-friendly stuff. It's but, definitely, there's still a place for it, I think, but you're oh, right. Yeah. There's, uh, it's been interesting to, to kind of get into Instagram and, and within the social media circle to see that Instagram's kind of become what Twitter was to like Facebook and other places, you know, Twitter stepped in, uh, it caught on. And now in my opinion, I don't think Twitter is as popular, but Instagram is definitely probably the premier, not to get all geeky and tech <laughs> on you guys, but I'll take your word on the Twitter and yeah. Facebook thing. I've, <coughs> I don't know how to do either one. Actually, a friend of mine just set up, uh, uh, Facebook for Born Free, nice. uh, my friend in Detroit, who's much smarter at that stuff than I. So uh, there is a Born Free show uh, mm-hmm. Facebook. I think it's Facebook forward slash Born Free show. Uh, we haven't even really told anybody about it yet, uh, but it is gaining momentum, and I guess we should probably use that for something. Isn't that how it all starts? It's like uh, we didn't release it, but it's gaining it's gaining momentum just because people care. And it's kind of funny to me that, uh, you know, everybody is so focused on, well, I guess everybody, mainstream people are so focused on Facebook and they just live and die for it. Yeah. Even, you know, a lot of big companies out there that now, like the company that I work for, my day job, used to get fired or written up if you were, you know, spending company time on Facebook. Now it's mandatory. Yeah. Really? It's mandatory? Yeah. For, you know, the company Facebook pages. okay. Yeah. All that stuff. And, uh. We managed to do so much with Born Free without Facebook, yeah. and here we are. Just by the blog. Yeah. yeah. I re- last year was my first Born Free, and uh, I remember I hit that blog probably a couple times a day, just looking, 
Yep. Just give me something, anything. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Sorry for those that we don't update it o- no, no, often no. enough. It was great. It was uh, it was one of those things where yeah, I'd get, I don't want to say bored at work because there's plenty of work to do. Sure. But I would get distracted. in a moment where I was distracted. Very nice wording there. <laughs> and then I would find myself, you know, surfing to the to the site and checking out pictures or going back and watching builder videos um and we're going to talk about born free a little later on but first i want to talk about grant and uh and how you basically have come to the point where you're at now in life and uh and the first question that i usually like to kick off the podcast with is centered around um kind of what was your childhood like growing up it was good uh i come from a big family in utah um, grew up in Salt Lake City in my beautiful, beautiful place out there. Oh yeah, it was. I feel very fortunate to have, have had the childhood I had because looking at it here in California, trying to envision doing the same stuff and I don't know how that would all work right. and, uh, doing stuff that, <clears throat> you know, you should be doing when you're growing up and, you know, running around and adventuring and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, um, it was good. Uh, I have an older brother and four younger sisters, and uh, most of the rest of my family's out there. Um, there's a few that are spread out now uh, after all these years, but um, um, yeah, it's good. Everybody likes coming out to California to visit me. Right. And um, my brother lives in San Diego with his wife and kids. And uh, um, so, so what was that like in Utah when you you know you mentioned running around and doing what a kid should do? Um, were you in the city? Were you in the suburbs? It, yeah, we were in the city uh, in Sugar House, which is, uh, I guess, east of downtown, kind of on the foothills of the mountains there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we run around the neighborhood, get on our bi- bicycles and, you know, ride all day long and go adventuring. And, you know, there's gullies and abandon this and that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even it was like probably 15, 20 minutes to kind of the foothills and you can go mountain biking and, um it was it was great. Grew up doing Boy Scouts, and we camped every month from when I was like twelve to started petering out towards about eighteen. But uh, had a ton of fun with all of that. I mean, literally camped every month through the yeah. winter, summer, fall, everything. And there's you don't have to go very far out there to be in like totally different terrain too. Yeah. You know, from the mountains to the desert to like uh, you know the salt flats, the sand dunes to you know rivers and streams and lakes and you got was, everything. Oh yeah, it was it was <laughs> awesome. It was great. It learned a ton and just had I don't know a lot of great experiences. How far did you go within the the Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts? Uh, I'm an Eagle Scout. Wow. See yep. now, for all you who are just listening and have never met Grant, I had this weird feeling that he was a Boy Scout when I met him. You just get that. I don't know. <laughs> it just comes out. It's it, I don't know if it's your if it's the virtues coming from you, but you just get that. So you you became an Eagle Scout mm-hmm. and. Uh, what was that like? I mean, staying with that program for so long. I know a lot of people, you know, be in it when they're younger and then they bail out when they get older. It was definitely tougher as I got, you know, into my upper teens. And if it wasn't for probably my mom, like almost basically forcing me to finish at the end, <laughs> you know, right before I turned 18, trying to do, uh, you know, the last project and all <laughs> that kind of stuff, uh, may or may not have got there, but, um, it was on my own accord followed for the most part all the way through, but we had a great group. We had awesome scout masters. And I mean, we were kind of like in the best way, the bad news bears of, yeah. of boy <laughs> scouts. We'd go to, you know, year long or, uh, uh, once a year camp outs with, um, other scout troops from that annual is it the annual boy scout. Yes. Or something like that. I don't even remember what it's called anymore, but, uh, you know, there's all these other troops and they're, like uniforms and all the stuff and the hats and the shorts and the socks. And we stroll in there with like wrinkled (laughs) shirt uniforms, just barely on and just kind of like, all right, let's get this over with. We we got stuff to do, but, um, we had a great time. So you mentioned that your mom, you know, kind of almost had to force you, but tell me about, um, excuse me. What was the, uh, what would be a typical day in the Peterson household? with you growing up? I mean, from any stage in your life, maybe younger, middle, older? Uh, the house was always very busy with, with all the, the kids and everything. My mom was a stay at home mom. My dad worked and, uh, 
she even babysat on top of it to bring in extra money. Um, and uh, more kids. Yeah, so <laughs> it was it was busy. I I kind of have always worked uh, from having like a paper out or probably I probably mowed lawns first. I don't know, maybe at like seven seven years old or so mowing lawns, you know, in the summers, uh, to make money. And, uh, then also paper outs and that kind of stuff. Cause if we wanted anything above and beyond hand-me-downs, yeah. uh, we had to go for it ourselves, which <laughs> right. was fine, you know, but I just had bigger needs or aspirations, aspirations. I don't know, or wants. <laughs> so I worked and, uh, um, I think by 12, I was working for, uh, one of our neighbors owned this candy company mm-hmm. that's that uh, was sort of a distributor for uh, a lot of places in Salt Lake. Like ZCMI is a big department store, and they did all their mints and this, that, and the other. But it, almost all the kids in the neighborhood worked there at one time or another. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, so I've been paying taxes since I was 12 or maybe even with the paper out. I don't remember. But uh, it's probably skated under the tax. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, just always have worked hard, even through high school, um, working in uh, bicycle shops. And then when I got to to driving age, I was like, screw this, pedal and stuff. I'm out of here. I'm getting a car. (laughs) Got deep into old cars, which is still my profession. um, And uh, have kind of done that ever since. Worked in. Worked in some machine shops and industrial mm-hmm. machine shops and auto body and paint shops and all of that growing up through high school, but almost worked full time through high school. Right on. It. Um, I know that just from uh, following you on Instagram. <clears throat> excuse me. I know you post pictures of. Uh, I've seen some pictures of your Mustang. Um, so it, it's not only just old cars. It it could be, you know, a little bit newer. Yeah. That that was something I never thought I would have. And it's through work that I have it. Uh, um, the editor of Carcraft magazine, Doug Glad, uh, I work in the magazine industry. Um, it, he approached me cause they needed a new project car, but he didn't want to buy it. And none of his other guys on the Carcraft staff would buy it. Mm-hmm. And I run a shop for the company where I build project cars, uh, for mostly hot rod and Carcraft, a few mm-hmm. other magazines. And, um, he said, Hey Grant, you, uh, you got to buy a Fox body Mustang. And I, my response was, why should I buy one of those? I've never been a Mustang guy, not even really old ones. I mean, you know, I like some of them, but I never, ever thought I would own one. And especially one of the later model ones and Fox bodies, I never paid any attention to. Cause yeah. in high school I was into really old cars. Like, you know, my first car was a 50 Chevy truck when I was 16. Nice. And, um, I just, you know, it didn't register, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> You know, they're cheap, they're fast, they're fun, and he had a bunch of parts, and, you know, that's, I was like, okay, and uh, now I have like a 500 horsepower, really lot of fun car to, to drive around, and I drag race it almost every week, too, when, when everything's working properly, and, uh, yeah. Where do you, where do you drag at? Uh, Irwindale, mostly, okay. uh, which is good and bad. The track kind of sucks, mm-hmm. uh, but we're sort of cursed here in Southern California. <laughs> not too many places to go. No, drag. there's 4 million people in LA County, and there's not really anywhere you can go to drag race. Yeah. Uh, and for a while, everything was closed. Irwindale was closed. Mm-hmm. Um, Fontana drag strip is still closed. Is Pomona open? Pomona is not really open for that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's like top fuel. Um, yeah. And then Palmdale's gone. Bakersfield Famoso is here and there, but you know, and they wonder why people street race. Yeah. Right. Which is still big out here. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that on street racing? Uh, Oh, it's fun. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, I don't know, there's good and bad with everything. Yeah. You know, and it depends on who's doing it and where, and I've seen a lot of really safe ones and Mm -hmm. some, yeah, I you know I haven't really been to any sketchy ones, hmm. so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was just I asked that question because I think there's the public opinion that, you know, the media has put out there, um, and for good some for good cause, you know, yeah. people getting killed and injured, not necessarily even the racers being killed, some, but but innocent bystanders, you know, yeah. someone crossing through an intersection and just getting plowed. I think the the biggest problem is with like the kids that want to go street racing that don't mm-hmm. know any better and don't have any experience and mm-hmm. they're just out. They don't even have cars that they should be street racing with that yeah. are, you know, they just have like a, 
a Honda Civic with a big coffee can pipe on it or something, you know, it's <laughs> Cold like, air intake. yeah. And the guys that are street racing have like legit cars that they run them at the tracks a lot. So they have, you know, usually like roll cages and, mm-hmm. you know, all this, all the stuff for, for being teched at the, at the, at the track. So, you know, they just want to go and they don't want to wreck their cars. They don't want to wreck anybody else's cars. So, right. They want to be as safe as they can, but uh, you know. maybe some of the younger kids are more. Um, it's just kind of balls out. Yeah, you know? they're just like, I'm gonna win because I got to show my cars the yeah. best. Yeah, yeah, I can I can see that for yeah. sure. Well, let's um, let's talk a little bit about um, kind of how you got to the place where um, I don't want to just jump right into Born Free, <laughs> but how did you get to the place where Born Free even became an idea? Um, out here in Southern California with so much going on all the time, there still wasn't really a show that we, my, me and my friends, uh, really thought was amazing or just was fun or whatever. And, you know, you go to some of the big shows, like you go to the, like easy rider show out in Pomona Mm -hmm. and it's 10 bucks to park. It's 20 bucks to get in. It's. $12 $12 for a beer and $16 for a sandwich. And there's like, oh, six bikes that you might like. And you're broke. And you're broke. Yeah. <laughs> and you wasted the whole day. And, yeah. you know, and nothing against those guys. I mean, it, obviously it works well for a lot of people. And um, it just was, we wanted to do something different. You know, yeah. that sort of niche is there and filled. And I think that, you know, it's like that all, uh, all, the, all across the country. So, yeah. Our initial thing was like, hey, let's we we started doing a couple of breakfast rides, um, just meeting at Cook's Corner, mm-hmm. and um, just going from there. And pretty soon we had like thirty guys, which still isn't that crazy or anything. But at Cook's Corner yeah. for breakfast, if you've you know, ever ridden, if, if anybody out there has ever ridden in a pack of you know ten or more, oh yeah, it's it, a lot. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. So you know, we had like 30, 40 guys showing up just after a couple of these on a Sunday morning and we'd get out there before all the 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 weekend warriors and and have breakfast and then go for a ride. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh the momentum just kinda and this well, yeah, I guess it was about five years ago. So still sort of pre um like the Instagram and all that. Mm-hmm. And people were just kinda hungry for something, I think. Yeah. And uh the the show came about. We wanted to do something that's primarily for old bikes mm-hmm. um that's free the first couple of years we had free food and free drinks and beer and everything uh which you know is kind of absurd to just give everything <laughs> away yeah. we gave away entry absurd. we gave well you know you think about it, it's like and my one of my really good friends i think after the first or second year i think it was after the second one he said when's the last time you walked into a huge show or rode your bike into a huge show, parked it next to your buddy's bike, didn't pay, got off, got something to eat, got something to drink, and was just like hanging out in this amazing show and it didn't cost you anything for anything. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, that is kind of, I guess, different. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. I mean, yeah. It kind of, it really makes it, gives it more of a, um, and I don't know if this is the right, terminology but it's how i would describe it it kind of gives that family barbecue feel yeah you know exactly we just wanted to to get people together that love motorcycles yeah get them together for not even a whole day you know just at least a few hours to uh just hang out check out bikes talk see old friends maybe meet some new friends whatever and then split but ride your bike in and ride your bike out so so the first year born free comes together how many people do you think showed up we did we threw it together in 30 days um mike davis my partner and i we kind of at the same time after these couple of breakfast rides were like almost saying it to each other like hey we should do this show and uh (laughs) we threw it together in 30 days and it was word of mouth on the blogs um and we had a couple hundred bikes and probably a thousand people ish wow Throughout the day, thirty days, yeah, and you had a thousand people show up, and you know, and again, that was in the the time of free food and free beer, yeah. and it was hot that first year. It was in September, like mid September. Where was, did you guys hold the show at? It was in Orange, okay. uh, Orange, California, in the parking lot of uh, the old Circle City Hot Rods and the old um, 
Classic Cycles. Okay. Uh, it's twenty one ninety nine North Batavia actually. So the, so because the, I've been to the new Classic Cycles, mm-hmm. um, and it's a great shop uh, for any of those who are out in California and have not visited Classic Cycles is the premier Triumph shop, I think. And they have other bikes, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, so it was just up Batavia, just north of Batavia uh, from there. Okay. And um, uh, yeah, we had friends come from Minneapolis, all the heavy guys, you know, Zach and Paul Green, a lot of the Chicago guys, I think Brian Harlow and Josh Kirpius and mm-hmm. uh, all of those guys, as well as like Seattle, uh, Max Chaff, and I think... I forget who else came down with them. A couple guys from the Bay Area, um, you know, Arizona, Vegas. It was kind of like that's pretty surreal. Yeah, all <laughs> over the country for this short notice little show, uh, yeah. which kind of blew us away. Yeah, and um, we had uh, it was just a really good vibe. It was it was everything we hoped for, and the bikes that were there were everything we hoped for, um, and it was fun. Was... And, and so, so from Born Free One, uh, you moved into Born Free Two, which uh, and I hate to just kind of walk us through, you know, up to Born <laughs> no, Free yeah, Five yeah, yeah. and be that kind of uh, chronological. But there's some significant things that happen. Sure, right? from Born Free One to Born Free Two, what was your attendance like? Uh, well, I think we got, I think word spread as well as you know photos of the show mm-hmm. on blogs as well as in magazines too. We got some good coverage. We got some good photos too. Uh, Scott Pommier set up a little makeshift studio in one of the empty um, shops in that complex and shot just a bunch of like side profile shots of uh, about a dozen bikes, maybe 10, 10 or twelve bikes, and uh, it was great. It was it showed exactly what we wanted yeah. or you know the, of what was there, um, and people were impressed. I think and. Uh, so from that first to the second one, it was hard to guess what we were going to get, and we were mm-hmm. trying to anticipate. So uh, we did the second one on Lewis Street in Signal Hill, California, uh, in front of Pacific Coast Cycles at Michael Bryan's place. Mm-hmm. And we shut down one city block. We had about 10, maybe 12 porta potties. We had a taco lady coming and hot dog on a stick, and we bought 5,000 cans of beer to give away <laughs> and soda and water and stuff. But we were just kind of rolling the dice. We didn't know. Mm-hmm. The, there was a buzz, but it was 10 times the bikes. Wow. Yeah. it was. Uh, there was about 2,000 bikes and about 5,000 people. <laughs> for the second one in, in signal Hill and it just blew us away. I mean, the porta potties were full, the cops were on edge all day yeah. long just cause I mean, we told them we were expecting, you know, I don't know, 500 people. Yeah. Or whatever. And it was beyond all that for sure. And, but we got lucky. We got, it was, everybody was having a great day. There's again, people from, uh, on bikes all, all over, uh, North America. There was Canadians mm-hmm. that came down. There was, uh, East Coast, you know, the South, Northwest, again, all all over, they came on bikes. And people flew in from all over the world, too. Uh, not as in greater, huge numbers that we have now, mm-hmm. but uh, it was it was all starting. And um, we, uh, yeah, we didn't have any arrests, any fights, anything. There was, uh, uh, it was just a great day. That's awesome. And so... I think there was some significant fallout from, or there was a significant fallout from Born Free 2 to Born Free 3 in that um, I think you guys were told you couldn't have it in the city anymore, or at least on the streets, or did you just realize? No, we we were actually sort of invited back after the oh, dust settled. Okay. Uh, the Supposedly, the Signal Hill police told Michael Bryan that, uh, you know, if we wanted to have it there again, let's let's do this and let's plan it out okay. and we'll use more space. And so I misunderstood. I thought it was, you know, they were basically like too many people can't have it here anymore. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, but that very well could have been the case at the same time, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> they were gently nudging. Yeah, <laughs> possibly. Ex- exactly. So, um, so born free three, born free three, we moved to Oak Canyon ranch, mm-hmm. uh, behind Irvine Lake in orange or, depending on where you look at Silverado, California, but it's between the city of orange and cook's corner, uh, down San Diego highway. So it's, it's awesome. It feels like you're out in the wilderness, but yeah. you're, you know, 15 minutes from town. Um, literally about 15 minutes yeah. from right where we're sitting right now. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, maybe 20 from here, yeah. but you know, it's a beautiful ride. Depends on how fast you ride. Exactly. <laughs> so it was a really ideal situation for us at this point because it kind of has a more, I don't know, a free and easy old timey yeah. feel like a lot of guys, older guys that that are out there like, oh man, this feels like just the way it was back in the seventies. You know, yeah. this is, uh, you're behind these big trees and behind the lake and just, it's quiet. It's great. Um, and, and for that year, um, aside from the aesthetics, I mean, it was beautiful, but did you guys continue to do free food, free beer? Uh, <clears throat> no costs, uh, were starting to ramp up. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, I think we had like $1,200 into the first year, wow. which we just, we've, we footed the bill, you know, uh, in the second year we, in Signal Hill, we gave away the panhead, we mm. gave away a 50 panhead. And that was between, between that and the tips on the beer that we gave away, we just managed to break even. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of was the pattern, uh, because we knew if we could sell enough tickets and posters for the bikes, then then maybe we could keep it free and pay yeah. for all these things. So, you know, moving to Oak Canyon Ranch uh, just ramped the, the cost the cost up a lot. It was it was expensive, and we we're just like, okay, we hope this works. We hope this works. <laughs> Roll the dice. Exactly. <laughs> so we had uh, uh, Yoshi at the Garage Company. We mm-hmm. had uh, his guy Keo uh, build a nineteen forty six Knucklehead. Mm-hmm. beautiful bike just rebuilt inside out upside down backwards the way we want it we kind of we picked out the style and, and the parts and then keo sort of threw his little touches in here and there and the bike just turned out amazing it was a fun bike to ride fast quick comfortable and so we're really hoping and rolling the dice again because not only we're we renting out oak canyon ranch but we're paying pretty decent money to have this bike built yeah and um it worked and and it, someone won it someone, someone won it won uh paul cavallis from las vegas that's awesome. won it and is still riding it he rode it to the show last year and uh you know it just everything paid off again we didn't have free food and free beer but we we buy down the price of mm-hmm. all that stuff uh because normally we would get a kickback mm-hmm. from uh uh the the food and the beer vendors and stuff <clears throat> but we forfeited uh most of that to keep the price down to keep it yeah. reasonable so even though we couldn't afford to feed and you know give all that stuff away it was still it still worked and so at that point now the born free three is complete you guys have gone away thinking we're gonna do this again it was successful let's do it again <sighs> it was I was probably a little more resistant to it than Mike was. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- uh, probably every year up to this year, <laughs> it's hard. It's like yeah. our. It's basically like our third job. Uh, yeah. We both have busy day jobs. Uh, he's got a big family too. Uh, I don't have any kids, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, my fiance and I we have our, our first house, and uh, which needs a lot of work. And we you have got Clyde. Yeah, we got Clyde the dog. and uh, <laughs> He takes a little work. Oh, yeah. And we, we share a shop in the city of Orange here, too, where we uh, do all of our own stuff and kind of warehouse all of our our uh, FMA stuff. And Mike does his Born Loser stuff. It's in a secret location. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, so between all of that stuff and then doing the show on top of it, it's just it's a lot of work. Yeah. And it's, you know, we're almost obligated to keep doing it now uh and you know as the years go by some stuff gets easier uh as it grows there's bigger problems and bigger issues and you know uh just it gets a little tricky but the the groundwork for it is pretty well set now so you kind of have a framework leading up to it this is what we need to do we have to come up with you know some type of giveaway we have Mm -hmm. to invite some builders and And, you know having it at the same place for three years in a row has helped out a tremendous amount too. getting to know the local law enforcement and you know from the police the sheriffs the fire department the health department the city you know there's a lot of stuff that goes in behind the scenes um that just there's a reason why people don't do this yeah i was gonna say it's a little different than how it used to be in the old days where yeah. you just kind of rolled up yeah and, you know word of mouth hey, everybody let's go to hollister i mean we basically have mike and i have a solid 10 months worth of work into each show uh maybe even 11 
Wow. We don't take much time off in between now because of the size of it. We need to get rolling and get dates picked and get places secured and, you know, all that stuff in line for next year, just almost weeks, you know, a week or two after the event. So it's a lot of work. It doesn't stop. But when you, but then when, when it's over, I mean, I'm sure there's a, at least probably a couple weeks in there where you look back and you're just like, man, that was awesome. Just yeah. for the sheer, for, as a motorcycle enthusiast, I'm sure you look back and go, it's amazing. Yeah, that I mean that sinks in pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, the The whole day of the show is is pretty much riding a high, um, even though it's a tremendous amount of work for us. And I can't tell you about the the bloody feet and the severe chafing and the <laughs> the sweat and the you know everything that goes into yeah. that day of the show but uh amongst it all i mean you can just you feel it and yeah. it's it's great i mean that's that's what makes it worth every every hour every dollar all that stuff spent on it is is to see the people to hear their stories still one of my favorite things uh and what makes it worth it for me is to hear everybody's stories yeah uh these guys that maybe rode you know uh, some old Panhead or you know Ironhead or something from like Canada or yeah. you know New Jersey or you know they just took like a lot of them like two weeks to get here yeah on these old bikes for twenty for less than twenty four hours worth yeah of- for like six hours worth of a show yeah. and they've done this thing and had these adventures and these experiences even before they've gotten to the show that yeah. they'll never forget yeah we've changed their life yeah forever and just you know nothing crazy but you know they're they'll never forget it yeah and I, I, there's i think that's an experience that first of all you can't buy yeah and and many people forget this that not only was the adventure you know coming out here and then being here for six six hours or so and maybe hanging out a little bit afterwards but now they're gonna do it going in reverse <laughs> yep so you know that's it makes for some fantastic stories. I've read a few. I've, I've talked to some people, you know, who have done it, and uh, it's amazing. It's just I could sit there and listen to them, just like you were saying. I could listen yep. to them for forever. It still gives me chills when I think about it. It's just that's one of the the coolest things to me about the whole deal. Well, Born Free Four was my first show, and I remember how I met you <laughs> out in front of uh, <laughs> Home Depot. Home Depot. I had a Born Free cap on that I bought at the, the swap meet along with my um, my tickets, my two tickets. And uh, I remember you, you looked over, and I didn't know who you were. You were just another person in line. I went back in to get some twine to tie down something I'd bought. And and I said, uh, or you, out of the blue, you say, nice hat. And I turned around. I was like, thanks. And I started to walk away, and I turned back around thinking, wait a second. That dude looks familiar. And I remember <laughs> saying to you, you're that guy. And you said, yeah, I'm, I'm Grant, you know, and just totally personable. And, and, um, and you've been that way ever since very personable, just very friendly. And, um, I didn't know what I was getting into to, to come and show up at born free and just be blown away. I mean, I'm coming back this year. That's, that's our goal. And I think that's the effect it has on everybody is it's just an amazing time. Yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, you know, still to this day, there's, uh, there's no arrests. There's no fights. There's no tough guy biker stuff. Yeah. It's it's everybody there for just again appreciating the old bikes and seeing old and new friends and you know we don't really give anybody too much time to get bored and yeah. you know all that kind of stuff and we just we get them in we wow them and get them out send them on send the way, way. On, yeah. yeah you know give somebody a bike and uh, <laughs> you know no big deal <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's. You know, th- that's our goal. We still just want it to be about the motorcycles for the most part. And uh, and we've got vendors, we've got bands, and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff now, too. You So last year, it was, we had uh, a few invited builders, a few meaning more than probably six, was it? Yeah, uh, there was actually tw- 20, no, there was 23 or 24. I think last year, just a few. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, and and the goal was that uh, you ha- already had these two bikes. Um, yeah, we had uh, last year. We gave away two sixty nine shovel heads. Mm-hmm. One was a kind of a full dresser stalker mm-hmm. that I got out of Detroit uh, that my friend Jesse picked up for us. Thanks, Jesse. Um, and then we had the Garage Company uh, 
build the other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keo built the the '69, kind of choppery, but real sort of kind of classic late '60s perfect style. Bike. Yeah, but just real classy. Um, so we were giving both of those away because we were trying to one up ourselves. We had the Panhead for Born Free Two. We had the Knucklehead for Born Free Three. So what do we do to top a knucklehead? Oh, man, two uh, shovel heads, two, two generator shovels, sure. <laughs> yeah. So um, then after that, <clears throat> for Born Free Five, we're like, well, what do we do now? We can't, yeah. you know, are we gonna give away three bikes? Yeah, <laughs> and it was just kind of a, I don't know, a slippery slope. Yeah. And um, we had all of our invited builders, um, and we kind of kicked around this idea before. And, uh, it just, it came to Mike one night, just, he's like, I got it. I figured out how to make it work. So we have 32 invited builders mm-hmm. for board free five and, um, 32, 32. We were trying wow. to cut it back and it's the invited builder portion is one of probably the most stressful yeah. kind of, I don't know, uh, difficult things to arrange for the show. Notice how heavy it got just there. Yeah. The invited builder portion of the show <laughs> because of all that goes into managing that <laughs> well managing it is one thing but picking them mm. and figuring out uh you know who and what and where is hard that's one of the biggest things that mike and i have to do and yeah. it's really important and you know who do we have back who do we give who, a new opportunity yeah. to you know because we try to get out there and we try to uh you know be aware of what's going on all over the country, if not farther. Um, and it's more than just guys that build cool bikes. It's guys that build cool bikes with in the sort of mindset and the, mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff that goes into born free. They have to be on the, in that state of mind. Yeah. You're not, in other words, you're not looking for an OCC or West Coast Chopper. Yeah, and no, nothing like that, or Billy Lane, or any of the big cable TV show, yeah. big-headed, pompous stuff. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, they've got to be, you know, and most of our guys are just, they're, they're regular guys. Yeah. They are they may do it for a living. You know, yeah. maybe they have their own shop, or they work in a shop. Uh, but a lot of the bikes are also built at home in a garage, similar to what we're sitting in right now. Oh, you just included me with the built the man. <laughs> no, it's... I think I'm going to shed a tear. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, you know, there's there's so many guys doing so much good work yeah. um, in a non professional setting now that um, you know it just it makes it really hard. And we try to as best we can spread the invites around outside of Southern California. Yeah. Obviously we're based here and there's just a high concentration of people doing really great stuff here. Yeah. Uh, which makes it difficult. And we try to, you know, still get out and, and you could have 27 builders before you even get out of Southern California yeah, or Orange yeah, County even pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. And you know, we, we try to get outside of our comfort zone and our, our circle of friends. And we try to, you know, we, we really do do our, are hardest to uh to mix it up um yeah. but it's it's still difficult so but this year you've got 32. 32 of them uh from all over the world mm-hmm. this year we've got uh of course the u.s um we've got one from canada again we've sweden sweden yep. and japan that's awesome uh and 18 of our 32 builders are gonna are putting their bikes in the ring to be able to be picked uh, at Born Free Five for the lucky winner, you you buy a poster with a free ticket mm-hmm. to win the bike, and the day of the show you have to be there and you get to pick one of these eighteen bikes. You have your pick, people. Yeah. Meaning, all you have to do is get an <laughs> awesome poster with some tickets, some free tickets, and then be there the day of the show. Which for some people may be difficult, but I'm going to be there. Of course. And and I'm going to win. I think. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, so you get I have to have the loser curse, but nah. But you get to go then out of these 18 bikes and literally shop for the bike that you want. Yep. You'll have probably 5 minutes. We're going to have a time limit on it. Mm-hmm. Uh it will be kind of a high stress scenario and everybody's going to be waiting with Do your homework, you know, people. Yeah. But you could pick Max Shaft's bike, you could pick Caleb's bike, you could pick uh uh, Masa from Luck Motorcycles in Japan. You could pick his bike. Chopper uh, Dave. Chopper Dave. Uh, yeah, Chopper Dave's Evo Sportster, the turbocharged Evo Sportster of Insanity. He's doing <laughs> it looks incredible awesome. work. 
cutting cutting the motor all up, cutting the frame up, uh, just really making a, a high performance machine out of that. Um, there's so many bikes that are going to be uh, in the giveaway that man. What a tough decision. So not only do you have Born Free to look forward to, but then the day before, you've got uh, folks from Show Class Magazine throwing on the People's Champ uh, party at Cook's Corner. Yep, yep. The guys from Show Class have been, uh, they've been a sponsor of the show a couple years, and they've been very, um, I guess, motivated and very interactive. And uh, it's great for us because they're using their sponsorship position to their best ability uh they did a whole born free issue last mm-hmm. year they did a bunch of great videos from the show uh they came out on setup day and shot a lot of the builder bikes you know really put it in their best foot forward and really making the most of it they and kept keeping it classy yeah exactly I mean, not to use their tagline <laughs> but they did they definitely put uh, a lot of work into it yeah so um this year they kind of came up with this idea like hey what if uh what if we had this contest to get a builder so we have we we have an open slot a mystery mm-hmm. slot in our builder uh our invited builders and they have had i think they started with over 100 entries mm-hmm. and they've whittled them down over the months and over the months man i think they're down to about six now mm-hmm. uh six guys with all really amazing bikes still in the works um and i think you go on the show class blog and vote um periodically mm-hmm. and uh so the night before Born Free at Cook's Corner is the show class People's Champ Party. There's going to be bands and stuff. And then I think they're going to narrow it down from these six. To the one, yeah. the People's Champ? The night of uh, the night before Born Free. And then that winner will roll his bike into the, the invited builder area and set up with all the rest of our guys. That is an incredible opportunity. Yeah. Um, it's uh, to have your bike. I mean... You know, again, talking about garage builders, you have this garage builder somewhere in the country, mm-hmm. and uh, he gets to roll out to to Born Free. Yep. Uh, enter his bike in the contest, wins the People's Champ slot, and then slides right in with the rest of these builders. Yep. What an incredible opportunity! Yep. There's all kinds of chances to win. <laughs> <laughs> it's a win-win-win situation. Exactly. So I know one of the bands that's going to be playing the show class pre-party is uh, Mothership. You can find them at MothershipUSA.com. Um, I'm actually I'm hopefully going to have them on the show here as well. But um, so Born Free 5 is just going to be an incredible time. Um, I'm looking forward to it more than probably anybody else. <laughs> no. Um, the one thing I do want to ask you about is, um, you know, you mentioned it earlier about, um, I think you were kind of leading up to it rather, that, uh, that the Born Free parties have been, um, or events have been, you know, there's no tough guy. There's no, um, you know, this is, I'm this type of guy and I'm this type of builder. Or I do this. It's all, it's, it's people with a similar mindset, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. They all love, uh, motorcycles. They love the classic, you know, I don't want to say choppers because there's bobbers cafes. There's everything. And it's not just Harleys. I mean, there's triumphs. There's, uh, I think I saw BSA. Yeah. Oh yeah. Last year, at there's, least one. No, there's there. We have a lot of British stuff, a lot of Japanese stuff. Uh, you know, older American stuff, mm-hmm. stuff you don't see anymore. Even you know, there was a 1912 Indian that was original paint there last year. Um, yeah. There's there's choppers, there's long bikes, there's bobbers, old race bikes, old show bikes. Um, you know, we tried. There was a custom diesel bike. <laughs> That's what I, I heard. Remember, <laughs> I remember seeing it. It's actually in the show class uh, Born Free Four. Yeah. Uh, but the the um, I, I guess what I'm the question that I would ask you then is, this is more towards the culture, um, in which this show kind of focuses on, is um, it, there's definitely a difference between the Harley owner groups like the Hogs and the one percenter. Do you find that it's true that that kind of the the people that attend, or the majority of the people that attend Born Free, and that um, tend to be those that are most active in the in the um, event or i should say in the culture they're they're kind of in the middle i mean there's i i do i did see some patches there uh actually since born free three it's been a no colors event Mm -hmm. uh as per the local law enforcement and the event site owner Mm -hmm. um even though born free two on the street we had i think 
over 20 something clubs there mm-hmm. uh and everybody got along yeah uh and you know everybody's been great about it uh now that everybody's used to the no colors thing um at the show that hasn't been an issue mm-hmm. um and hopefully those guys uh in the clubs or whatever that are still interested in just coming and seeing old iron will uh you know follow the rules and come in and yeah. you know leave their their turn their cuts inside out or leave them on the bike but uh um and they do there's a lot of those guys are genuinely interested in bikes and not just there to cause trouble because that's what it's about really when you get down to it it's it's the fact that there are some classy and classic motorcycles there whether they were built yesterday or if they were built you know 60 years ago yeah i mean that's i think i think that's why you come to born free yeah Definitely. I mean, there's, uh, there's everything from, uh, one of my favorite old custom motorcycles, uh, uh, John Cameron's JD, his Harley JD that Craig Taylor owns. Uh, I got Craig to bring that bike out a couple of years ago and like Matt Olson has his 36 knucklehead there last year. Yeah. And, you know, there's, uh, there's just so much neat stuff. Um, I don't even know where to, to start and end. Um, you know, and again, we do, it is open arms, uh, mm-hmm um bike wise uh even though it's heavily geared towards old stuff yeah the brand new stuff will will make you park out in the parking lot because you're looking at my bike what are you saying i I know (laughs) but you know there's uh you know the guys that come in on the new baggers and stuff that's not exactly what the show is for and you can see that stuff anywhere yeah so uh but they still get again get in for nothing and yeah you know come and have fun you know they uh they all started somewhere and exactly probably on old bikes and yeah and now they moved out to the baggers just because it's more comfortable. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I guess it just depends. Sure. Well, um, Grant, this has been an incredible interview. I mean, you know, mostly we focused on uh, Born Free event. At some point, we'll have to have you back and just talk about you. If uh, if you want to learn more about uh, about Born Free, you can check it out at bornfreeshow.com. Uh, and again, that's the bornfreeshow.com website. We'll have a link for it also when we uh, when we when this podcast is up and um, invite you guys to come out and be a part of, you know, history, I think in the making. It's uh Saturday, June 29th, by the way, from 10 to five at Oak Canyon ranch in orange County, California, no food or no, no pets, no coolers, family friendly, bring your kids, bring your wife, bring your mom, whatever you want. It's uh we've got over 140 vendors there and uh something something for everybody like i said the bands there's shade there's sunshine so yeah it's gonna be a fun event for sure yep all right grant well thanks for being on the show and uh we look forward to to seeing you uh mc the the event (laughs) yep i'll be there (laughs) thank you mike take care